Hi, this is Rick Warren, and welcome to Daily Hope. The Bible tells us that we're to not just take the Word into our hearts. We're to apply it in our lives, and we're to pass it on to others. We are to hear the Word of God. We're to read the Word of God. We're to study the Word of God. We're to even memorize and meditate on it. Think seriously about it. But that's not enough. We're then to take it and share it with others. And you know what? The more you share it with others, the more God gives to you. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in your heart. And then it says, pass it on to others. So join me today as we look at God's word for our daily hope. And then I want you to pass it on to others. Let's get started. Today on Daily Hope with Rick Warren, we continue in this very popular series taught recently at Saddleback Church on surviving relationships God's way. It's called You Make Me Crazy. So whether you know a crazy maker or you are one, this is definitely for you. This is part two of a message called Resolving Conflict. And now, Pastor Rick. The Bible says perfect love casts out all fear. When, you, when you're watching the nightly news and you see somebody run into a burning building, you go, how in the world do they have the courage to do that? And a few minutes later, they come running out with a baby or a little child or a pet. What caused them to overcome their fear of dying? The love for that person or pet. When your love is greater than your fear, you'll do things you're afraid to do. That's called courage. And when you are filled with God's love, the Bible says God is love. When you're filled with God's spirit and God's spirit is love, when God's spirit fills you and you're filled with love for that person who's irritating you or that person you're in conflict with, then you're going to have the courage to move ahead. So you need to pray, God, I'm scared to death. Fill me with your love. You already know who you need to deal with right now. I'm already talking about it and you already know in your mind. I haven't reconciled with that person. I'm I'm out of sorts with that person. I haven't dealt with this issue. You need to say, God, fill me with your love. Give me that courage that comes from love. You pray about it. What I'm saying is you talk to God before you talk to them. And you certainly talk to them before you talk to anybody else. You talk to anybody else about something you got a problem with, that's called gossip. Now, the first thing you have to do is deal with your fear or you're never going to take the initiative. The second thing you're going to have to deal with is you're going to have to deal with the timing. Timing is everything in conflict resolution. you got to do it at the right time. Now you say, okay, fine. When they're ready and they come to me, I'll deal with it. No, that's a cop-out. You take the initiative. Would you write this down? It's always my move. It's always my move in conflict management, conflict resolution. God expects you to take the first step. That's called being a peacemaker. Now, Jesus talks about this in the Sermon on the Mount. And in Matthew chapter 5, verse 22 and 23, he teaches this principle of take the initiative. It's the first key to conflict management. He says uh, in Matthew 5, 23, if you're standing before the altar in the temple, now what's he talking about here? You're at worship. It's what you're doing right now. In all of our campuses, it's what you're doing right now. If you're standing before the altar in the temple, okay, if you go to church to go to worship and you're giving an offering to God 
and you suddenly remember that somebody has something against you. Notice, it's not you got a problem, it's they got a problem with you. So either way, you take the initiative. You remember that somebody has something against you. You leave your offering. Leave your offering there beside the altar. Go at once, circle at once. Go at once and first be reconciled to that person, then come and offer your gift to God. You know what he's saying here? God says reconciliation takes priority over worship. Wow. Some of you shouldn't be here. Reconciliation takes priority over worship. He says, you know, you like to worship, you like to come and sing, you like to hear God's word, you like to learn the principles of life, good. But he says there's something more important than that, reconciliation. And he says, if you come to worship and you got something out of whack with somebody else, you need to go get that right first and come back. He says, leave your gift at the altar, go at once, be reconciled, then come and offer your gift to God. Now, what is Jesus doing here? He's saying, don't ignore it. It doesn't matter if you're the offended or you're the offender. You need to take the initiative. It's always your move. When? At once. As soon as possible. You don't delay. You don't postpone. Some of you have been putting off this for weeks, months, or maybe years. Okay. you got to plan a sit-down meeting. Okay? This is in taking the initiative. And let me give you some suggestions. Now, I didn't give you a lot of room on your outline, so just write these down. I'm going to give you four suggestions on how to set up a meeting with somebody you're in conflict with. Okay? Here's what you do. Four things you do in setting up the meeting. Number one, I've already mentioned this, choose the right time. Choose the right time. Timing is everything. When is the best time to have a, con- a meeting to d- resolve a conflict? The best time is when you're both at your best. That's when you do it. When you're both at your best. You may be ready, but they may not be ready to receive it. You've been thinking about this. You're ready to talk about it. They may not be ready to talk about it. So you don't pull it on them. You don't drop a bomb on them. By the way, never drop a bomb in bed. You're, you're going to get an explosion. I mean, you, you know, you've been thinking about this all day. Why is your husband comes home? Just as he puts his head on the thing, you say, honey, we need to talk. And, and you start in the first point, he's going. And then you explode. It never drop a bomb in bed. Somebody ought to tweet that. <laughs> Choose the right time when you're both at your best. Okay. Number two, right place. You choose the right place. You don't just do it anywhere. You figure out where's a good place and a good time to do this. Where we can be relaxed, where it's quiet, where we won't be bothered, where maybe the kids are asleep or they're away or whatever, where we can talk frankly and honestly, where there's an emo- an emotion can come out. You choose the right place where you can be interrupted. Number three, pray before meeting. Very important. And you say, God, I'm scared to do this, but I need to be filled with your love, and I need you to, um, to help me do this right. Now, if it's a deep problem, you may take more than one meeting, but you still pray before the meetings. And the fourth thing is come with a positive attitude. You want to come to work on the problem, not to attack each other. You're not coming to demean or demand 
or to disable. You're not coming to just disagree. You're coming to say, look, we're on the same team here. Let's try to make this thing work. And, and, and you work on the issue. You come with a, a positive attitude. Now, why do I do this? Why should I take the initiative? Well, let's just remember, Jesus commands it. I'm out of fellowship with God. My prayers aren't heard, and I'm not happy until I really deal with this issue. Now, before we go on to the other six steps, I want us to pause for just a minute and pray. So let's bow our heads, okay? And as we bow our heads, I want you to think of who you need to have this conversation with. You're out, you're out of harmony with them. There, there's something that you, you just haven't talked about it, you haven't brought it up, you haven't dealt with it. Maybe you both know about it, maybe only you know it about it, but you think of who you need to resolve a conflict with. And then right now say, God, I'm scared to death, but I'm asking you to give me the courage to resolve this conflict. I don't need it in my life one second more. Father, I look out on all these people that I love so much, our church family, and I ask you to give them the courage and the strength to deal with these issues. I pray that they would live conflict-free lives as much as possible, as far as it depends on them, that they may experience your joy, your happiness, the answers to their prayers, and all that you have planned for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, step number two. Step number two, once you get together in the meeting with that person you've been in conflict with, here's the first thing you do. Number two is confess my part of the conflict. That's what I do first. That's the biblical thing to do. Now, they may be 99.9% wrong, and you're only 0.1% wrong, then you confess your 1% first. That's called humility. Now, my guess is it may be more than that. But you start with you. You don't start with condemning. You don't start with accusing. You start with, instead of accusing and attacking and blaming, you begin with humility and you deal with your part. Everybody's got blind spots. Some of us have bald spots, but everybody's got blind spots. And Jesus deals with this in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 7. He says, why do you notice the little piece of dust, in other words, the, you know, the, the splinter in your friend's eye, but you don't notice the big piece of wood, the telephone pole in your own eye. First take the, the telephone pole, the log, out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the, the splinter, the speck, the dust, out of your friend's eye. This is humility. It's starting with my part of the conflict. So what I do is I start with this. Am I being unrealistic? Okay, am I being unrealistic? And I ask myself this, okay? Am I being ungrateful in this relationship? Am I being insensitive? Am I being oversensitive? Am I being too demanding? Do you know what the number one excuse for divorce is today? I'm not saying the reason, the number one excuse that people file for divorce. They say, quote, we're just incompatible. Friends, incompatibility is a myth made up by divorce attorneys. There's no such thing as incompatibility. Any two people can get along if they'll grow up. 
If they'll stop being self-centered. If they'll stop saying, I'm going to be stubborn. I want my way, you want your way, and we're not, we're, we're, we're not, going, to, we're not going to grow up. Incompatibility is a myth. There are entire books written on the myth of incompatibility. Everybody is different. You're never going to marry somebody who's just like you, so you're incompatible with everybody. The issue is not incompatibility. The issue is immaturity. And we'd have a lot fewer divorces if people had to file, we're divorcing because we're both immature. (laughs) And we refuse to grow up. And we're self-centered, and we will not give ourselves away. And neither one of us is willing to change. Or only one of us is willing to change. That's the real issue. Given the right situation, you can fall in love with anybody. It's true. I could put you in the right circumstances. Given the right situation, you could fall in love with anybody because love is a choice. That's Pastor Rick Warren with just a portion of today's message called Resolving Conflict. It's from the series, You Make Me Crazy. We'll continue with more in just a moment. But first, you might not know there's more to Rick Warren than his best-selling purpose-driven life book. RickWarren.org is packed with resources pulled from Pastor Rick's 30-plus years of preaching and teaching. This includes CDs, DVDs, free streaming sermons, Bible studies, small group resources, and more. It's all there at RickWarren.org. You can also request prayer, learn what it means to trust your life to Christ, and sign up for Pastor Rick's free daily email devotional. Visit us online today at RickWarren.org. There's more Daily Hope with Pastor Rick in just a moment. We all have relationships that drive us crazy. Maybe it's a spouse, sibling, co-worker, or a nutty relative. That's why you need the You Make Me Crazy Study Kit. In this six-part DVD series and study guide, Rick Warren helps you do more than just survive crazy relationships. He helps you thrive in them. The You Make Me Crazy Study Kit is our gift to thank you for your donation to support this Daily Hope broadcast. So call 800-600-5004 to request yours today. Call 800-600-5004. Once again, here's Rick. You see, more relationships and more marriages and more friendships die from inflexibility than anything. It's I'm unwilling to move. I'm unwilling to make the first step. I'm unwilling to show a little humility. Sometimes you get in a relationship and you're just stuck. And when I mean stuck, I mean you can't get on with it, but you can't get out of it. And you just feel trapped. This could happen multiple times in a marriage. Seasons in your marriage where you say, I can't get on with it, but I can't get out of it. And I feel trapped. It's like a traffic jam. It's like a log jam. And all the logs are in the river and they've stopped up and they can't move forward because no one log knows which to move first. How do you break a relational log jam? You may be in one right now. It's always the same way. Humility. You take the first move and humility breaks the log jam. Let me tell you a sentence that'll break any relational log jam. I'm sorry, I was only thinking of myself. (coughs) What did you say? (laughs) Oh, don't ask me to say it again. (laughs) What, What did you say? I said, I'm sorry, I was only thinking of myself. You say that, it will break any relational logjam. I guarantee it. Before honor is humility. God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. 
Pastor Tom's going to come and teach the next two steps. So here's the third thing you do when you're resolving a conflict. You listen for the hurt. You listen for the hurt. There's a phrase that Pastor Rick's taught us over the years that our kids actually have heard often enough that they use it as a cliche with us at appropriate times. It is the sentence, hurt people hurt people. When I get hurt, when you get hurt, we hurt the people in our lives. If someone's hurting you, I will guarantee you it's because someone's hurt them. It may be you that's hurt them, it may be somebody else that's hurt them, but someone has hurt them, that's why they're hurting you. So you have to listen for the hurt in the midst of the conflict. And it doesn't matter if it's marriage or the marketplace or the Middle East, when people feel fearful or they feel robbed of their dignity, when they feel afraid, out of that fear comes hurt and out of that hurt comes conflict. Number four, the fourth thing you do is you consider their perspective. Consider the way they're looking at it. Look at their viewpoint. You you have this moment when you intentionally shift your focus from your needs, your point, you winning the argument to their needs. You try to get their perspective on the issue. The Bible says this in Philippians 2, 4, and 5. Here's how we see from another person's perspective. Each of you should look out not only to your own interests, but also to the interests of others. Your attitude should be the same as that of Christ Jesus. It's that old Chinese proverb, you seek first to understand before you seek to be understood. How do you do this? How do you consider another person's perspective? Well, there's an important word in that verse. Each of you should look not only for your own perspective, but the other person's. That word look is the Greek word scopos, like you scope something out, a microscope or a telescope. You scope out, you focus in on their perspective. You realize that you are most like Christ when you pay attention to other people's needs. Now, how do you do that? How do you really do that? How do you, how do you start noticing others' needs instead of always needing other people's notice? I don't know about you. I'm not that altruistic. I've got needs too. That's what I think. What about my needs in the middle of this? You might just jot down a Bible verse in the corner of your outline. Psalm 139 verse 3. One, Psalm 139 verse 3 says of God, God, you notice everything I do and you know everywhere I go. The way you do this is you realize there's a God in heaven, there's a Father in heaven who is there to notice and to take care of every one of your needs. You're not in this alone. He takes care of my needs so I can help with your needs. If you are expecting some other human being, whether it's a a wife or a husband or one of your kids or somebody at work, if you're expecting another human being to take care of all your needs, of course you're going to have conflict. They're as imperfect as you are. They can't do it. But when, when you recognize there is a God in heaven who is willing to meet the needs of your life, all of a sudden you have this new freedom because you know he's going to meet your needs. You have this new freedom to begin to look out and to consider the needs of other people in your life. Now the fifth step is very important. Tell the truth tactfully. In this peace conference that you're having with this person that you're in conflict with, you tell the truth Tactfully, The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, speak the truth in love. It may be the truth, but if I'm not speaking it in love, I'm on the wrong side. You never use truth as a club. It may be true, but you don't use truth to beat people over the head. That's, that's only allowed on the internet. People do that on the internet all the time. Beat people over the head with truth. Don't do that. You tell the truth tactfully. Proverbs 12 verse 18 says this. Reckless words, that's the kind you 
saying an argument that you weren't thinking through. Reckless words pierce like a sword, and you've all been pierced by reckless words by people in your life. But the tongue of the wise brings healing. In other words, foolish words hurt, wise words heal, and it's my choice. You never get your point across by being cross. You are never persuasive when you are abrasive. You tell the truth tactfully. If you don't tell it tactfully, it's not going to be received. Truth without love is resisted. Truth wrapped in love is received. People grow faster. People change faster. People change easier when truth is wrapped in love. That's Pastor Rick Warren with Daily Hope. In a moment, he'll be back to share a promising closing thought. But right now, please don't forget to visit us online at rickwarren.org. Maybe you're wondering what it takes to have a better marriage. Maybe you want to learn how to dig deeper into God's Word. Or you're just hoping to find healing for your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. You may find just what you need when you visit the online store at rickwarren.org. Also, you can request prayer and sign up for Pastor Rick's free daily email devotional. So please visit rickwarren.org today. And now before Rick returns with a closing thought, you know you wouldn't be human if there wasn't at least one relationship in your life that drives you absolutely crazy. Are you ready to make it better? It could be a boyfriend or girlfriend. Maybe it's a spouse, parent, co-worker, or neighbor. And it might be your nutty aunt who visits you once a year. Whoever the crazies are in your life, they do have the potential to bring you down and distract you from the life God really wants for you. And that's exactly why Pastor Rick would love to send you his six-part DVD series and study guide called the You Make Me Crazy Study Kit. This was an extremely popular Bible study at Saddleback Church because it gives you the practical tools you need to survive difficult relationships God's way. It's Rick's gift to you to thank you for your donation supporting this Daily Hope broadcast. Now, you may have heard me say before that Daily Hope is 100% listener-funded, which is why your financial support is so very vital. So please take time today to call and give. And we'll say thank you by sending you Rick's six-part DVD series and study guide called the You Make Me Crazy Study Kit. And you can get started improving your tough relationships today. So call us at 800-600-5004. That's 800 600 5004. And if you can, please consider giving just a little extra to help Daily Hope stay on this station. And now, here's Rick. You only have a certain amount of emotional energy. And when you're trying to resolve conflict, you can either use that energy to fix the blame, or you can use that energy to fix the problem. Where do you use your energy? To fix the blame or fix the problem. You don't have enough energy to do both. I want to challenge you to start fixing the problem and stop worrying about fixing the blame. You see, the reason why we fix the problem and not the blame is because blaming is a form of judging, and only God has the right to judge. You're not the judge. I'm not the judge. I can't figure out anybody else's motivation. I don't know my own motivation most of the time. Only God does. So let God be the judge while you focus on fixing the problem. In a marriage, you have to agree that no matter how upset you are, certain words are going to be off limits because they tear down trust. 
And the Bible is very specific about the kind of words that are out of bounds in a relationship. Colossians 3.8 says this, you must rid yourself of these things, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Those are weapons of mass destruction. On the other hand, when you focus on fixing the problem instead of fixing the blame, it will be easier not to use those kind of words that hurt and destroy trust. Thanks for listening. I'd love to hear from you. Write me, rick at rickwarren.org, and join me next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Daily Hope Ministries and listeners like you.